following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. One constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. Been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Can you hear me? I can hear you. All right. Well, step one is good. Step two would be me continuing to test COVID negative over the course of the week. Yeah, that would be a positive for you, for sure. Well, not not a positive a test, but... Hold on. Yeah. Positive or negative? Now you're confusing me. Yeah, Why know. do all these people around me keep getting COVID? I don't know, man. It sucks. Who's the, what's the common element in this whole chain? You man, oh, it's me. Well, you're doing you're doing something right because you ain't getting it. So, <laughs> right, I got this homeopathic stuff that my my wife has got. I'm I'm pounding that. I feel a little bit like Aaron Rodgers in that respect. Mm. And uh, I'm taking my vitamins and I'm drinking my water and my orange juice. And so far, uh, two or three of my coworkers and my play my. Uh, Color analyst for Friday night and Saturday now has got COVID, and so far, knock on my nightstand, um, I have avoided it. So this will be a big test to see whether I can keep doing that this week. Yeah, so we're we're remote here today, just just to be on the safe side. So yeah, I'd, and just in case anything goes sideways, I don't want to sideline you for a while, even though I'm sure you wouldn't argue with a week off of work. No, no, but at least I don't have to stare across the table at you today. So. Thank you for that. <laughs> yes, out in abundance of caution, we should be back to uh, back to normal next week, provided that uh, things don't go sideways. Well, and, and, uh, and if, if nothing else, like you know, you're you know you're doing, and we'll we'll get into this at the at the end of the podcast more. But you know, you're doing your whitewater thing, and you know, you can't be you can't, you can't be missing. You're the play by play guy, so you know that's yeah. that's a that's I've your already main had concern. to. Uh, I've, Yes, I've already had to alert backup crews for both Friday night and Saturday, just in case uh, things go haywire. So yeah, the, the high school game uh, obviously, not great... obviously much less important on the uh, on the scale yeah. there. But any other week, I would agree with you. But it's Parker Craig Friday. Ooh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. So right. that kind of stinks, but whatever. So we'll we'll do the remote broadcast for this week, and hopefully things are fine and. I'll keep getting negative tests, and we've. Uh, my wife did a good job of stockpiling all the free COVID governmental tests that uh, they were willing to ship us. So we we got about a a dozen of them just sitting in our in our closet. So I'll I'll bang one of those out every day. I feel like an NFL player in 2020 coming to the stadium getting tested every day. Right. So we'll do that, and I think that's probably a good place to start as. Uh, we are we're off and running in a couple of days here. Yep. I mean, this being Labor Day, we're we're a couple of days away from the start of the NFL season, and I it feels like I don't know. It feels like the preseason, like they just started camp last week, but yet at the same time, it feels like it's been forever oh. now that we're finally able to play. It's been murder. I like. I, I don't. I don't. Maybe it's because I just. I have. I'm have such a bad taste in my mouth with the Brewers where I'm just dying for 
something else to start, but I don't know, man. This And part of it for me is, you know, we usually do our fantasy football draft this weekend on Labor Day weekend. And mm-hmm. because the scheduling conflicts is everybody's, you know, just got more stuff to do. We had to do it two weeks ago. So now it's like normally we just draft and three days later we got a game. Now I've had two weeks to just sit here and stare at this team and wonder, you know, what the hell I was thinking when I picked it. But, you know, it's just it just falls in line with how long it feels like the preseason has been this year. I don't know. It's crazy. Would you have would you have done anything differently if it were this weekend rather than two weeks ago? What with my team? Yeah. No, no, probably not. Probably not. I mean, I just got some guys that have been questionable for two weeks. You know, it's like move that no. move that little cue away from them and tell me they're playing. Let's go. <laughs> well, uh, your Bears start with a home game against the 49ers, and this could be uh, this is this is an interesting one. Uh, not only just because I, I think San Francisco is one of the biggest wild cards. I mean, I looked through a bunch of predictions for some different sites and who they think. Some people think the 49ers are going to be good. Some people think they're going to be bad. Um, and it just basically is all up to how good Trey Lance is going to be. And, and nobody really knows. Yeah. And this is, um, you know, this is a game, obviously, that most people would predict the Bears to lose. Um, but, I, yeah, I, I mean, we don't know what we're going to see out of Trey Lance. And, you know, the the, the 49ers could easily win this game 30-10. to 10. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if the Bears won it 13-10. to 10. Um, I don't know. I think San Francisco's got a ton of talent, but I just think the core, until we see what Trey Lance is going to be, um, I think San Francisco's a, a definite question mark. Now they they did surprisingly bring back Garoppolo. Um, yeah, which I I don't know that I've ever quite seen this before, where you have a guy. You know, with as much success, whether you think he's a good player or not, he's had success in the league. Um, to just demote him like that and keep him around—that's pretty rare. Usually, those guys get shipped out of town. Well, I, it's weird to me just because it seems like they've been trying to get rid of him for three years, even though they've gone far with him. They've won playoff games with him, but yet they want to push him out for this rookie. And then now that they're finally free of him, they bring him back for another year. Like I, it's it's just very odd to me about how that relationship has it has been structured. Well, and and cap wise, they're okay, so they could afford to do it. And and look, I guess if you know if you're sitting in in John Lynch's seat as the GM, and you're like, look, we have a Super Bowl team. You look around the league; quarterbacks get hurt all the time. Now maybe we have the best backup quarterback in football, right? You know what I mean. So, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's a a pretty reasonably priced insurance policy that's not going to bite him in the ass long term. I mean, it's just a matter of is Trey Lance going to be looking over his shoulder? You know, that's that's that would be my concern. So go to the Bears. The concern was offensive line and who is Fields going to be throwing the ball to? Mm-hmm. How how comfortable are you? with both of those groups from what you have read and what you have heard and what you have seen? Um, well, not not very. I mean, because <laughs> these guys aren't very good. Um, look, the Bears, 
offensively are healthy and whole for really the first time since uh, early August, late late July, early August. Uh, Pringles back, Villas Jones is back. Those guys had missed significant camp time. Um, one of their linemen, uh, Lucas Patrick, had broken, I think, his thumb. He's back. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like um, they feel like they've got some semblance of an offensive line. And and look, everything that I had heard and read out of the the preseason games with Fields and and the the starters that were available, he was it, it was fine. It wasn't like it was a disaster. They weren't lighting anybody up. But they also weren't running around looking like they they were a minor league football team. So we'll see. We'll see. I mean, it's time for some of these guys to step up and and show whether or not they can be starting caliber players in the league. I mean, you know, whether it's Jenkins and Borum on the line, whether it's one of these receivers um, that maybe somebody's given up on, and and now they're on the Bears and they got a chance to do something. Somebody's got to step up and make some plays and. Um, it can't just be all about hey fields do something no you got to give him some help and 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 the defense has got to do some stuff and and not put the offense in in bad positions to try and play from behind all the time I mean what I guess I haven't paid attention to a whole lot of the Bears defense it's not like the unit was a couple of years ago but is this still a good defensive unit is it the is it the strength of the team, I guess I'm asking? Well, I, I think Roquan Smith is one of one of the best sideline-to-sideline side tackling machines in the league. Um, you've, you've got a pretty good secondary who you invested two high draft picks in this year and getting the kid Gordon from Washington and then the safety from Penn State. And then you had uh, Eddie Robinson back there already. So you've got, you've got some potential playmakers. Um, you know, you still got Robert Quinn on, on the line, but you know, some of these other guys are question marks and, and they're introducing a new scheme with a defensive head coach. So you would think the defense would be pretty good. Um, and definitely be ahead of the offense just because you have a defensive head coach, but we'll, we'll see. And, and I, I liked that they're playing the Niners in week one because it's, it's not like a super explosive offense. You know, um, so maybe this, if it turns into a little bit of a grinder game that, you know, maybe that's advantage bears. I don't know, but, um, you know, a couple, couple guys just to keep, keep your eye on. If you're a bear fan, I've, I've heard a lot of good things out of Khalil Herbert at running back. Um, some, some question marks about how well Montgomery is going to fit into this offense and, and Herbert might be a better fit. Um, I think Cole Komet's going to have a nice year for the bears. I think he's going to end up you know, basically being Fields' safety valve. I bet you, I mean, Komet's going to be an 8-10 to 10 a game target guy. Um, you know, like I said, Jenkins and Borum on the line, you know, those those two guys, big-time draft capital is invested. Those guys got to show up. And then, of course, the defense as well, like we talked about. So, I don't know. I'm uh, I'm excited to see what happens. I You know, I'm, I'm optimistic that it's not going to be quite as bad as, as – a lot of the prognosticators are, are saying it's going to be. I don't think they're going to be the worst team in the league like a lot of people think, but they're going to be, you know, they're probably the worst team in the North. And, you know, that's just what happens with a team that's in a rebuild year. Man, I would really be curious to see whether they're worse than the Lions or not. Oh, I, I, think, I, I think the Lions are going to surprise some people this year. Really? Okay. Yeah. All right. 
right? That's fair. What uh, I, I haven't checked out the line for uh, for week one on this game, but nor, nor have I. I haven't either. Okay. All right. So that's uh, that's on the Bears. Uh, Sunday afternoon, it's a big game opening for the Packers with a division rival in Minnesota. I mean, I I like this and I don't like this. I love that it's an early test, but I hate that it's a division game. I would much rather play somebody like Tampa Bay or like they played the Saints last year. Somebody out, maybe somebody within the conference, but not have a division game right out of the gate. I guess that would be that would be my preference. Yeah, no, I I I totally get it, and um, you know we're going to do a little something different this year. We're going to run through the games like we always do, but I wanted to you know pick two or three games a week to kind of highlight, and and this is one of them. Um, I, I had heard the other day that since Minnesota has opened this new stadium, what what you know, five six years ago, whatever it was, mm-hmm. um, whatever statistic or however they quantify this into a number, apparently the Vikings have the best home field advantage in football since no. that place is open. Um, then you factor in Rogers not playing a down in the preseason, which. I don't think that's going to affect him, but you know, there's a lot of guys on that offense that he's going to be thrown to. He's never played in a game with, and you know, that might not matter at all, and it might matter a lot. We'll we'll just have to wait and see. Well, if they get rocked by the Vikings, just like they got rocked by the Saints last year in Jacksonville, I mean, is that enough of a sample size? We're like, maybe we shouldn't do this anymore, and I I don't know what correlation. Well, uh, you can take to the whole thing, but it's like clearly with some of these guys not playing it down, all of a sudden to be thrust into week one and playing a, a pretty good opponent who's going to be in probably the top half of, of the league, I would imagine, um, maybe we might want to change things up a little bit. Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, is it worth the risk of, of playing your late 30s quarterback in a preseason game over – Starting off zero and one and having sixteen weeks to recover from that, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think this is a much bigger game for the Vikings than it is for the Packers. Okay, uh, you know, I mean, it's it's in Minnesota, and if they win that game, it really gives them a a, a good head start on the season. And, you know, if the Packers lose, like you said, they lost to the Saints in Tampa the last couple of years, and it didn't matter. I mean, they still won thirteen, fourteen games, so. Yeah, I, I would just I'm I'd rather get as many of these division games as possible, and I'd, I'd much rather wait until like week three and four to to go to Minnesota. I mean, I'm not saying it needs to be a back half, or you know, and I wouldn't even want game one to be in Green Bay against the Vikings. I would just want to avoid any division opponent in week well, one. But and, and I and I think if you're a team like the Packers, just you know, kind of going back to the philosophy of not playing Rodgers in the preseason. When you're a team like the Packers and you're a marquee team and you're probably going to be on in a 3 o'clock time slot on opening weekend, you're not playing Detroit. You're not playing Houston. Oh, for sure, yeah. You're going to be playing a team that the NFL thinks is going to be pretty good. So even playing Tampa and New Orleans, like those were potential tiebreaker games for a playoff seed and potential home field advantage. So, you know, I mean, if you're the Packers, you kind of got to know regardless – you're going to have a good team looking at you in week one, no matter what. Yeah, I mean, it, and and looking at the Vikings uh, depth chart, I'm 
I'm on here. I mean, it looks like the same, same usual suspects. You know, I, I recognize some names of the offensive line. Their tight ends good. They got cousins. They got Cook. Um, and the and the receivers. I mean, Thielen and Jefferson are as good of a one-two across the entire league. I think yep. as probably anybody has. Um, you know, the the defense still has some dudes. I'm I'm really just I'm really curious to see how good Minnesota is this year with with their new GM, their new coach, and uh, and what they can do because I mean Zimmer had them underperforming, choking, you know, giving away games that they should have won all last year and even the year before and probably the year before that, if, if my memory can go back. I mean, that just seems to be like a, like a Zimmer thing that he had with Minnesota. So, I, I, you know, I'm curious, but at the same time, I'm also kind of worried just, to, just with week one getting this game with the new look Vikings and, you know, on in their place and in the division, that's, this is a very, it's a very worrisome game, but like you said, you know, you can start on one and still win 12, 13 games uh, every season. Well, if nothing else, the good news is Aaron gets his BFF back. Yeah. Agent 69, the beer chugger, David Bakhtiari. <laughs> There was a couple of weeks, or I think it was last week or the week before, where there was this, a clip of somebody recording him taking his golf cart, just rolling the gin and juice from Snoop to the is either to the stadium or from the stadium with those two guys, and that was that that was absolutely hysterical. But yes, that would be that would be nice. You get Elton Jenkins back next, and I think you've got some sort of a semblance of an offensive line. Otherwise, they seem to like all these guys. And the one thing that Green Bay has had the last couple of years, no matter if it's your third guy or your backup or whatever, and where they got to play, that offensive line always seems to hold up. But, um, you know, the Bakhtiari thing has been a really, really long time coming. He had some off-season stuff, uh, surgery again, just a little cleanup procedure that kind of kept him out for the start of training camp. But he came off the pup list, and, and he's ready to start. So I'm a little bit more confident in there. Uh, the, the top three receivers, I think should be, they should be okay. Um, just in that you have, you have Cobb Watkins and Alan Lazard. But after that, I have no idea. They really like, you know, Romeo Dobbs. They really like Christian Watson. They kept, um, Samari Toure, or I think they put him on the practice. Well, no, I think they took him and then they had to resign Juwan. So, I mean, it's like, after those top three, and you know Cobb's going to get hurt, you know Watkins is going to get hurt, Lazard has been all right as far as the injury bug, but after that, you're going to start playing some unproven guys. You know, Tanyan's coming off an ACL. Mercedes Lewis is really old. He's not exactly a huge threat downfield in the passing game. Um, they really like to have to have DeGuara do some things. So, I, I don't, you know, you're a couple of injuries away from having to play a ton of guys with no experience. So I'm, I'm a little bit hesitant, but that's, that's been the concern since the off season when we knew this was coming, we kind of knew what was going to happen. I don't think anybody expected Gudikins to go out and sign some top tier guys, even though there were some names floating around there, they didn't want to, you know, pay a whole lot of money for dudes. So they got Watkins on the cheap and basically said, go, you know, earn another contract. Amari Rogers was a debacle last year, but um, yeah, I don't know. I'm again a little bit curious about not keeping a, 
a third running back too, especially if they split Jones out. He's a really good pass catcher. Uh, I know your theory about turning it into a ground and pound, so maybe they put him out and then keep Dylan in the backfield more often than not. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of anxious to see the next evolution of this offense with with all those pieces that are going to be way different from last year. Yeah, it's going to be interesting how they how they deal with their backfield and you know, I mean, are they are they ahead of the game now with Bakhtiari back? I mean, is he somebody that's going to you know help their run game a lot, or is he kind of more of a of a you know a safety valve for Rodgers more than he is a, a run blocker? That's what I think. I think it's more of a he's he's a he's the you know dynamic left tackle that's going to keep everybody away because I think he's only allowed I, I don't know when he was healthy like one sack in a few years or something like that. I mean he. He, you know, he was the best left tackle in football when he got his huge ass contract. So that's, but at the same time, if if your quarterback's not going to throw forty times a game, and they really want to use AJ Dillon and Jones to run the ball, then you got to run block. Um, uh, on the other side, um, you know, Rodgers and and the coaches have all said that this is one of the best defenses that they've played against in training camp. Uh, but then again. It's like anything with training camp, even though when I, I read this stuff, you get excited. You have to remember, it's still training camp, and these are the home journalist crowd. Well, so, Well, and, and, yeah, and I I want to ask you about their defense because, and, you know, this is really has nothing to do with real football on Sunday, but, like, they were ranked, like, around 20th as a fantasy defense, and I found that to be shocking because... That seems low. They were a pretty damn good defense last year. And I mean, what did they really lose? Zadarius Smith? Like that's it, right? Yeah. So I don't understand. I, I don't understand why they would be markedly worse. And, you know, they don't really have a particularly rigorous schedule. I mean, it's, you know, I don't know. I, I just look, I look for that team to win some games with their defense this year, as opposed to just outscoring teams. The only thing that I saw that was really a negative all all training camp, and it was really talked about when they announced their uh, 53-man roster, was that if you get Preston Smith or Rashawn Gary Hurt, your outside rush guys, then they're going to be having problems well, I know, putting but, some pressure but, but on but the who, quarterback. But who can't say that? You know, I, I mean, know. you know, well, you know, if if uh, Aaron Donald gets hurt and you know, uh, Jalen Ramsey gets hurt. The Rams defense isn't as good. I mean, everybody can say that. So I just look at the Packers and think that this has a chance, you know, and I think, I don't know that Rodgers at this point is going to blow a lot of smoke up anybody's ass. If he's telling you that the defense is good, I think the defense is probably pretty good. So, yeah. And, and uh, you know, they have good guys really at every position group, just because they got Kenny Clark, Clark up front. Devondre Campbell came out of nowhere to, you know, being all pro uh, last year after he was signed off the street. Um, already talked about the outside guys. And then the secondary with the three corners. I mean, yeah. you know, Douglas Stokes and Alexander, that's pretty damn good. And Amos has turned out to be a really good dude. You know, Savage opposite him has been okay. Um, but other than that, I, I think up and down their defense said, wow, 20th. That, that seems low just considering what they did last year and all the guys they have back this year. Yeah, I would agree. All right, you want to hit the matchups? Let's go. Okay. I'll let you take it. All right. 
Thursday night. I love the fact that we can start with an awesome one. Do you have Amazon Prime? Are you going to be able to watch this? Yes, sir. Awesome. Uh, the Bills at the Rams, which, uh, spoiler, that might be a interesting game that we see uh, towards the end of the season for, uh, in my humble yet correct opinion. It's very possible. Um, a lot of people are really, really high on the Bills. Um, you know, obviously the Rams defending champs got pretty much their entire team back. Um, plus added Bobby Wagner on defense, which is, <laughs> I don't know, that's a talk about a steal. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. Buffalo, we'll see. I, I think Josh Allen is really good. I think Stephon Diggs is really good. Um, you know, they played a really shitty New England team in the playoffs, and then they had that crazy game against the Chiefs um, in the second round. So, you know, we'll see if they're ready to take that next step. I, I'm not I'm not so sure. I think everybody really is just waiting to see whether they can do that. And I think a lot of people are afraid to pick them because it, it's kind of wanting to be, well, prove it before I really invest in you kind of thing. But, well, and, and everybody's um, kind of anointed Josh Allen as like the next guy. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's a there's a dude in Kansas City sitting there going, hello. Hold the phone. You remember yeah. me? Yep. So, yeah. I, I don't know. Um, I, I like the Rams in that one. Um, well, even, even Even with Stafford, I know he's having some shoulder issues right now, but – um, I just think that uh, that place is going to be rocking, and uh, I like the Rams to pull that one out. I will go with the Rams as well. Uh, next, the Saints at the Falcons. Uh, Atlanta seems like a disaster, and I, Jameis Winston, I know a lot of people have picked the Saints to kind of do something in their division and get to the playoffs, but I, I, just, I just can't trust New Orleans led by – Jameis Winston. Well, and I I had, this is a team that I really had a hard time with when I was going through the schedule and making my picks um, because I have those same concerns as you do. But, you know, they they draft Alave. You get Michael Thomas back. Kamara isn't going to be suspended now. So you've got all your offensive weapons. That defense has always been pretty good. Uh, But one thing that people haven't talked much about with this team, significant downgraded head coach significant downgrade from Sean Payton Mm -hmm. to Dennis Allen so Mm -hmm. I mean you're talking about one of the great offensive minds of the last 15 years in football being replaced by a guy who's got a career record of like 8 and 28 so that's that's big I I like Uh, I like New Orleans in this one because I think Atlanta stinks well, and that I mean, you you get any better opponent, and, and you might have an argument out of me, but because it's the Falcons, yeah. that's why I'm picking New Orleans. Yep. Um, Pittsburgh at Cincinnati. Uh, Bengals coming off the uh, Super Bowl appearance, and I just saw that uh, with the Steelers uh, releasing their depth or they're saying who their captains are. Looks like Mitch, Mitch Trubisky is going to be the dude. Yeah, I mean, he won the job. And I think that he's on a very short leash, but well, um, for sure, you know Pittsburgh. I, I they're they're just so they're just the institution of the of the Steelers. It's hard to predict them to be bad. You know what I mean? Like Tomlin's yeah. such a good coach, and they've got they've got good players, um, but the quarterback spot is really really sketchy. I I got Cincinnati winning this one at home and. Um, you know, 
the Bengals are an interesting team because most of the time, the team that loses the Super Bowl, they don't make the playoffs the next year. Right. But yep. it kind of felt like last year, Cincinnati, like they got in there like a year too early. So maybe. Right. They overachieved. Yeah. Maybe that doesn't affect them this year. We'll see. But um, yeah, I like them at home in this one. I, I, so far, you and I are lining up for the same reasons, uh, definitely. Um, a lot of people are thinking that the Eagles could challenge the Cowboys in the East, and you think that the Lions could surprise some people. So this is kind of, it's not one of the marquee games, but I still think that it's an interesting game to watch about You know who's going to get off on, on the right foot and how each team looks. Yeah, I think Philly will win. And when I was going through their schedule, like their first ten games, um, if they're like eight and two, nine and one after that, don't be shocked. Um, they play like nobody the first two months of the season. It's ridiculous. Um, I do think Detroit's going to be better. I, I, I don't think Goff is as bad as people want you to think. I think their skill position guys, Hawkinson, um, what is it, Amon Saint Ra or Bra or yeah. whatever it is. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the running back Swift, like they've got some talent and it seems like they got a coach that, you know, w- whether or not schematically he's great, it seems like they want to play for him. Um, so I, I, I look for them to be better. I don't think they'll beat Philly, but I think Detroit's going to surprise some people this year. I got Philly going in there because I'm, I'm not as optimistic about the lions as you are, but I, again, that's one of those bills things where, you kind of got to prove to me that you're you can take that next step before I start believing in you. So sure. if they do that this year, then then you can erase my skepticism. Um, uh, and then the uh, the other game to keep an eye on that you uh, that you start on the schedule is, is in the East and uh, in the AFC, and it's the Patriots and the Dolphins. And this is this should be a good battle for second place behind Buffalo. Um, and it's also one of those things where. Miami has just been waiting to kind of ascend to that spot and take that next, but they just, they can't get out of their own way, whether it's the coach situation, whether it's two whatever, they just seem to not be able to do that. And I'm just not sure that everybody is down with New England anymore. I, I would love to see the Dolphins do that most, I guess, most notably just so that John Barry could be happy and stop pissing and moaning. Um, but I'd love to see the Dolphins get at least into that second spot in that division. Yeah, I think this is a huge game for Miami. Um, I don't think New England's going to be very good this year. Um, so I think home opener, division game, I think this is a must win for the Dolphins if they want to really contend for the playoffs. Because um, I think you're going to have to win ten games in the AFC to win the play, get in the playoffs. Um, you know, and and Tua, like you know, like you said, this is time to put up or shut up for him. They've, mm-hmm. you know, they went out, they they spent a bunch of money on Tyreek Hill. They've upgraded that team. Um, it's time for him to, uh, you know, to join Herbert and Burrow and those other guys in his draft class and kind of take a step. So I would I, agree. Um, I, I, I like I like them to win that one at home, but. Okay. If they don't, that that's a team that could, you know, be in trouble early. This is one of those ones where I'm where I'm hoping and rooting for Miami to win, but I wouldn't be surprised if they lost. Right. Uh, Baltimore at the Jets. Uh, this should probably be a massacre, I would think, even though the Ravens got to go on the road. 
Yeah, this will not get one second of time on Sunday on my TVs. Um, <laughs> no doubt about it. Zach Wilson, they said today he's 50-50 to play because um, he had missed some time in the preseason with an injury. Baltimore's an interesting team. You know, Lamar's in a contract year. He is representing himself in contract negotiations. That's interesting. Um, you know, and that team was pretty good until he got hurt. And if you remember, like, that team was ravaged by injuries. They lost, like, three running yeah. backs before the season even started. Yeah, they had a ton of guys out. You know, and that's another team, extremely well coached. And, like, institutionally, they just seem to kind of know what they're doing. So um, I think they'll handle the Jets easily on, on Sunday. But that that's a team, that's a dangerous team in the AFC. Um, worst game of the week? Yeah, it's one of the two. All right, I have have, have I bumped into the other one? Or are we no. are we talking about? We're no, almost, we haven't yet. Okay. There, yeah. All right. Yeah, uh, Jaguars at the Commanders. I Commanders. I honestly don't know, nor do I care. I just will never call them the Commanders. I mean, come on. Yeah, well. Um, I, I mean, have to do that. The, the only thing that you're interested in at all as a football fan is Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, you know, and, and maybe Etienne, you know, his first game back off the ACL, um, running back out of Clemson. But other than that, uh, you know, there's nobody on Washington that's of interest in, to anybody. So good luck. Good luck getting ratings <laughs> on that one. That's like that's one of those old school local blackouts, you know. Yes, for sure. I'll, I'll be curious to see how long. Uh... Whether I mean, it's opening week. I would assume Washington have a full stadium, but I I don't think anybody else across the country outside of Jacksonville, outside of those two markets, is really going to give a shit. No, no, just a diehard football nerd that wants to watch Lawrence. Yes, the Baker Mayfield revenge game mm-hmm. would be more of a revenge game if um, Watson were playing, and if it was in Cleveland. Yes. Oh, for sure. If he had to go back in there. Um, spite oh, hey. of all his commercials that he taped. A lot, but, of, yeah. lot of those guys over on that side took some shots at him out the way out the door. I don't think his coach was particularly in love with him either. So, you know, there, there's definitely some, some, some fuck you potential out of, out of Baker on Sunday. I, I think Carolina is going to be decent this year. I don't think they're going to make a playoff run, but um, I think they're going to be decent. And uh, I do not think Cleveland's going to be good at all. I think Jacoby Brissett for the first 10 games, ugh, that's brutal. Well, do we even even know when Watson gets back whether they're going to be any good? We don't, but at least you know that he's better than Jacoby Brissett. Well, that's true. So that is true. Carolina on that one. Carolina on that one. Yep, I would agree. People are expecting some big things from Indy this year. Houston's going to be bad, so I think the Colts should probably stomp them, even though they got to go out of the road. I think this one, this one might be, this one might be a blowout. This division stinks. It's the worst division (laughs) in football. Um, Indy might just be the least steamiest pile of shit out of the four. Wow. I mean, Matt Ryan, what is he like? You know, he's 37, 38 years old. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's okay, but his best days are certainly behind him. Um, I mean, Houston, they, they've got some talent, but they just don't seem like they're like ready to quite win football games yet. You know, I, I, I don't know. I think that could be, uh, that could be a massacre. The only reason I would ever pay attention to the Colts all season is just for Jonathan Taylor. That's it. Yeah, yeah, and I think he's going to have another monster year. 
Giants and the Titans. Is this the other one? Well, the, you, either this one or the Indy Houston game. This is a, okay. this is a trash fire too. I mean, the Giants are basically would give Daniel Jones away for anything. Um, they basically have Saquon Barkley and nothing else. And Tennessee, like, I mean, they were the number one seed last year somehow. And I don't know, like, they're not doing that again. No, I think they take a big step back. Yeah, I mean, Derrick Henry's still great, but, you know, at some point, you can't just keep giving this guy the ball 300 times. Correct. You know, and, and Tannehill's competent, but I have no confidence in him making big plays in big games. I, I mean, I think they'll beat the terrible Giants, but... I, I would agree with that as well. I don't know about the, about the Titans this year. Um, this has the potential to be okay, depending on on uh, Kyler Murray they're hosting, but the Chiefs at Arizona is a pretty is a pretty good Week One matchup. I have a feeling Arizona is going to be a disaster. I think they're, I think they're going to be bad. They're, okay. they're they're in a pretty tough division. They play a pretty tough schedule, and they just had a lot of bad juju this off season with the whole Kyler Murray contract thing, and and then the right, team and playbook embar- and all they that. They embarrassed him with that studying thing, and yep. I don't know, man. You know, they got some guys, but like you know, JJ Watt, he's old. Like, is he even going to play ten games? Um, Hopkins is out like the first eight games. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I'm, I don't think that team's very good. I think, um, I think the chiefs are going to have a pretty easy time on that one. I, I would pick them to win. Uh, I just hope it's a game. Yeah. That's all. Yep. Um, and the other game that you want to pay more attention to this week, you are, you are the chargers guy of the two, uh, two member, uh, intentional foul panel. Um, I'm not sure that the Raiders are going to be very good this year, but this is a good chance for uh, for the Chargers to start off and show people like, hey, can we get to that to that next level? I'll be curious to see in your predictions how far you have uh, you have LA going. Yeah, the Raiders are kind of funny this year because they were, I think they were what they were borderline playoffs last year, and then they get Devontae mm-hmm. Adams, and people kind of just immediately think that now they're a playoff team. I mean, they're in the toughest division maybe in the history of football this year, and that's kind of why I'm 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 not jumping on that bandwagon. Oh no, I take it back. They did make the playoffs last year, but okay. I, I, I don't know. I just I'm kind of with you. I I think they're going to be all right, but I don't think they're they're a contender. Um, and the Chargers, no, I think, I, are a I, legit contender, but they just they kind of got to get out of their own way. Um, mm-hmm. You know, their coach made a lot of questionable decisions last year. Um, and that's a team that, for whatever reason, they just, it seems like a lot of their top guys, especially on defense, are just perpetually hurt. Um, so we'll see. I mean, you know, they got Khalil Mack from the Bears. We'll see how much he's got left. But, you know, the thought of him on one end and Bosa on the other is pretty intimidating. And then you got Derwin James patrol in the secondary. I mean, those are some pretty high-level, big-name guys. It's just a well, matter of do they saw, show up. You saw Mac with the Bears that he's a lot better when he's got dudes around him, so he might thrive in that environment. Absolutely, and, and you know, I think he's a lot better when he knows he's playing for something, you know? So, well, that's true, yes. So, But I, I think the that's, Chargers are going to be true. good. Yeah, we'll we'll get to our picks here shortly. 
All right. Two games left. Uh, Tampa Bay at the Cowboys for Sunday night. Um, the, is Are things ever going to come together in Dallas, whether it's with the quarterback, the running back, or the uh, the receivers and the coach? Like it's, It seems like they just have some guys and they can just never do anything. Well, I think it's just, to me, it boils down to Jerry Jones and him being the general manager because he basically builds his roster like a teenager would build their Madden team in a fantasy draft. Like you pick, like all their top picks are like quarterback, running back, wide receiver, corner, and they don't invest in what really wins football games, which is the line. Right. You know, so they have all the stuff that's fun and flashy, but they don't have like the meat and potatoes stuff. You know, they just lost their left tackle. They had a shaky yep. line anyway. Dak's got injury history. Um, yeah, I mean, I I still think they got enough talent where they're going to be in the mix for the playoffs. But the yeah. te- the the team for me that I listen, I I ended up having them with the best record in football when I went through this, and they're not going to have that. I that that was just my own biases in my head when I'm looking at the schedule. I could honestly see Tampa not making the playoffs. Um, really? Dude, I don't know what the hell's going on with Brady. Something's going on with, with that dude. Like, do you see his last interview where he was like, no. I'm 45 years old, I got a lot of shit going on, and he just, and this is after he had taken a 10-day sabbatical to basically, like, talk his wife out of, sounds like talk his wife out of leaving him. Yeah, um, that's, I heard some of that in the, Read some of that in the tabloids, the rumors, even though everybody said that this whole leave was set up before training camp even started, which I'm not sure that I'm buying. Well, I mean, and, you know, listen, he's like he said, he's 45. This this could and I hope it doesn't. This could end like how it ended for Favre. Remember how it ended for Favre? Yeah. Vikings were supposed to be good. They sucked out of the gate. Turned out their line wasn't any good. And he just got the dog shit beat out of him. To the point where basically they had they stretched him off the field and his career was over. Um, I don't think that'll happen. I think Brady's just too, I don't know, polished and psycho about football. Yeah, but and that team has a lot of talent. Lo- but he's lost a lot of his offensive line, though. He has. He has. So people he aren't might talking about that. Not Everybody be able to do anything. Well, and like, do you trust Leonard Fournette? Like. You know, probably not. Your your coach now is Todd Bowles, so I don't know, man. I mean, I could easily see them because they don't have a very tough schedule. I could see him having thirteen, fourteen wins, but I could also see him in the last week of the season being like nine and seven, trying to get in. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. The only the one thing that they got going for him is that the division's not very good. It's not. It's not, and and as we talked about with New Orleans, I mean, they could stink. Right. So, I mean, that that could be a runaway for them if they just try to, you yeah, know. Yeah, you go 5-1, and 6-0 oh in your division. they keep their heads above water. Yeah. Right. Uh, all right, and finally, Monday Night Football, the Broncos and their new quarterback, Russell Wilson, going into Seattle to play the Seahawks. Bravo NFL for putting that together. I mean, does that interest you? It doesn't interest me. 
I just want to see them go and absolutely pound the Seahawks because I've got a little Packer PTSD sure. oh, yeah. going on I get being it. out with Seattle. I get it, but yeah, Seattle's going to stink. Like, yes, I mean, this, I, this to me should be a blowout. After the first five minutes when Russell Wilson plays his first series on the road in Seattle, like, who cares? It's just a game. Yeah. Now, now it's a good team against a bad team. So, yep. I don't know. Totally agree. All right. Um, I'm you excited. want me to go first? Or do you want to go first? Go ahead, man. I'll let you take it. All right. All right. So for the AF, we'll start with the AFC. Uh, in the East, I got the Bills winning. The West, it's the Chiefs. The North, it's the Bengals. The South, it's the Colts with the wild cards getting in. Uh, the Ravens just behind Cincinnati. I think that's going to be a good battle uh, in the, in, uh, in that division. I'll have the Chargers getting in. That should be a battle in that division as well. And then I got the Dolphins getting in. Um, and then in the AFC championship game, I'll go Buffalo and Cincinnati. And I'll wait until the Super Bowl pick to let you know about that. Uh, in the NFC, so before, I got the before, Cowboys. B- before you go, go to the NFC, so yep. did you not have Denver in the playoffs then? Correct. Okay. I think they'll. I think they'll be. I think they'll be good enough to pound Seattle and a couple other teams. But I don't think they're. I don't think they're as good or better than than all those teams that I just mentioned. Gotcha. Just my opinion. All right, uh, NFC, I'm going to take the Cowboys in the East just because I don't think the Eagles can do it. Uh, the Rams still rule the West. Packers win the North. And like we said about the Buccaneers, the division's bad. So if they, if, if the Saints aren't that good, um, then I, I pick Tampa Bay because I'm, I'm just not, I've never been a Jameis Winston guy. Uh, wild cards getting in. I do think that the Eagles are good enough to do that. I'll pick uh, Minnesota to get in as well. And then I do have I do have the Cardinals. You think that might be a disaster? I'm going to go with Arizona. That's probably my shakiest uh, pick to get in for a wild card. Okay. Um, and then the NFC Championship, I'll go with the Rams and the Packers. With LA winning Super Bowl is Rams and Bills, and I'll take Buffalo as the champ. All right. All right. I like it. Okay. Hit All me. right. AFC. I have Buffalo, Cincinnati, Indy, and the Chargers winning their respective divisions. I knew it. Okay. Uh, Baltimore, Denver, and Kansas City are the three wild cards. So, okay. I have Buffalo as the one seed at thirteen and four. My two seeds, the Chargers, at twelve and five. My three is Cincinnati at ten and seven. My four is Indy at nine and eight. So those are your division winners. I have twelve yep. and five Denver playing nine and eight Indy in round one. Wow, and, and, twelve games. Yep, and winning. I have okay. ten and seven Cincinnati hosting eleven and six Kansas City, and I have Kansas City winning on the road. All right. I have twelve and five Chargers hosting ten and seven Baltimore Chargers winning. So then the next round, I have the Chargers hosting Denver and Denver winning because I the Chargers they just always choke. <laughs> I have Buffalo hosting Kansas City and Kansas City winning on the road and then beating Denver in the AFC title game to go to the Super Bowl. NFC, Philly, Green Bay, Tampa, and the Niners to win their respective divisions. I have Dallas, Minnesota, and the Rams as the wild cards. So, one seed, I have Tampa at 14-3. and three. 
My two seed is the Packers at 13-4, and four, hosting the 11-6 and six Vikings and winning that game. The three seed is the Niners at 13-4, and four, hosting the 12-5 and five Cowboys. San Francisco wins that. 13-4 and four, Philly, hosting 12-5 and five Rams. Rams win that. Next round, Packers-Niners in oh, Lambeau. Oh, God. Finally exercising the demons. The Packers wow, okay. will win. Tampa hosting the Rams. I have Tampa winning, knocking out the champs. So I have Packers on the road at Tampa Tom in the NFC where Championship they never game. Win. Where the Packers they never win in Tampa. go on oh, to wow. the Super Bowl to face the Chiefs in a rematch of Super Bowl one, But it's not going to be the same result. The Kansas City Chiefs are going to be your Super Bowl champions. Okay. There you have it, folks. I like it. I like it. Very good. That's the gospel. All right. That's, uh, we'll see what uh, what pans out. I told a couple of my friends. Get... I told Sorry, I told a couple of my friends. Uh, my or I, I showed them my picks, and they were shocked that I had the Packers in the Super Bowl. Well, um, it just, you know, look, you don't... it shows my unbiased. I just think the NFC is incredibly mediocre. And yes. honestly, if, if there was a year for a team like the Packers where you're like, oh, this is the fourth best team of their last four years, but they make the Super Bowl. That that's just kind of how that shit works sometimes. Well, you also never let your hate get in the way of a of a smart and logical and rational. Pick. I try not to. I mean, I never so. like if I was gambling, I would always gamble against them because I hate them and I don't want to cheer for them. <laughs> but I can't deny that they're still going to be a really good football team, and they have. Well, probably the best player in the conference, at least on the offensive side of the ball. So, mm-hmm. yeah. All right. All right. Uh, that's a lot of NFL. Well, it's Almost week one, got... baby. Yep. You know, and, and one thing I looked at before we move on, um, okay. in like the last eight years, oh, at, least, at least five teams that made the playoffs oh. the previous year have not made it the following year. So, right. That's always... That's you know, always something to look at. I, I looked at this year. I have no Raiders, no Patriots, no Steelers, uh, and no Cardinals. So I have four. But I don't know. We'll see. Uh, it's it's always weird when that happens. You you look at the teams that are there and everybody that's got coming back, and then you look at the layout of the division, and it's just hard to come up with those when, to me, there's a lot hitting you in the face. It's like, I know – that this is normally how it works, but I just, it's against my better judgment to rule a lot of these teams out. You just can't see it until it actually plays out, and you're like, wow, I guess I really messed up on that one. Right. No, I'm with you. So, all right. Uh, all right, let's roll through some baseball and uh, some NBA before we get to some local stuff. I'm watching, I don't know what, yeah, you don't have a TV in that room. I'm watching the Brewers try to hang on in the bottom of the ninth. Uh, with the uh, Rockies out in Colorado, um, but it has not been—it has not been good, and the lead for the Cardinals has exponentially increased in the division. And I, not a whole lot of people are too fired up uh, about this Brewers team now that football starts and there's a month left of the season. Yeah, that's uh, that's an understatement. Seventy and sixty-three, eight and a half. Behind St. Louis going into today, yeah. two and a half behind Philadelphia for the last wild card spot. 
Um, you know, and 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 in watching the Brewers the last couple of days, so they go they go two and one at home at the beginning of the week against the Pirates, and uh, one and three uh, at Arizona, and in the three losses they scored a total of two runs in three That's games. Awful. When I watch this team, and I take my Brewer fandom out of it, this is why I don't like the extra wild card because the Brewers aren't a playoff team. They're just not. I don't. I I haven't. I do not look at that team anytime I watch them and go, yeah, that's a playoff team. But they have a they still might make the playoffs. But I just think that that extra team being in there is kind of worthless, just my opinion. Well, um, it just it just waters everything down. It does. It does. And I and I know why they do it. They keep fans engaged when football starts and keeps more markets interested, yada yada. I get it. But it waters the product down. It just does. Um so yeah, this week, like you said, they got three here against the Rockies on the road. Then they're home for two against San Francisco, and then home for three against uh, Cincinnati. So, um, and then after that, they got a rough stretch. They play the Cardinals, the Yankees, and the Mets in succession. Three division leaders. So uh, they got to make some hay this week, or they're going to be in rough going. I mean, I think the division at this point is probably out of reach. Um, oh yeah! Unless they got really hot and somehow like swept the Cardinals next week, but uh, barring that happening, I think that's that ship has sailed. Now they're kind of just looking at trying to keep pace with the Phillies and the Padres. Though that two, oh, we got a chance for two to end the game. Game over. All right, well, I, we're now now we're down to eight back until the Cardinals play today. There we go. Yeah, six four final score. Not bad. That two against San Francisco on Thursday was originally supposed to be an off day, but now it's a. It's a back-to-back doubleheader. They're waiting about 20 minutes in between games, and then and then they have Cincinnati, and then you're looking at the Mets and the Yankees in back-to-back series, yep. which that that should be fun. I mean, you know, those Yankees games, I'm sure at AmFam will be sold out. Not to watch the Brewers necessarily, but oh, but for sure to watch I mean, to, for I, sure to watch New York. I'm going to the Saturday night game for sure. I, Are you? I have tickets for that one. I want to go see if I can watch Aaron Jones pop one off the scoreboard or something. Aaron Judge, <laughs> I should say. We haven't talked about that a lot this year. Did you do your normal season ticket pack? I haven't even heard that you've been to any game so far this season. I've only been to one game. It was opening day. Um, my dad, really? my mom and dad have been to some games. We did do our package. Um, not looking great for continuing the package, okay. but we'll, we'll we'll see what happens this winter. So, so this Yankees game will be just the second game you will have gone yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Well, well. You might just have to freeload off of us at Big Radio, and and then at least that's how we can go to some games. Well, you know, got to be invited. <laughs> Ooh, good one. Um, All right, so tell me about this Lorenzo Cain article that you just ran across. Yeah, um, so Adam McKelvey did an article this morning on Brewers.com with Lorenzo Cain, and apparently Lorenzo uh, had was flying into Denver uh, today because – He's still part of the team's fantasy football league. So today, tonight after the game is draft night. So Woodruff and Jace Peterson, who are like in charge of the league, called him and told him, get on a plane, get your ass out here. You're the defending champion. You got to draft. So he's in town. And, uh, you know, he just gave an interview with McAlvey, and they were talking about, you know, what it's like to not play. And McAlvey asked him a question, and... Kane kind of went off. So 
Yeah, we're talking about how he hasn't officially announced his retirement, and McKelvey asked him if he missed baseball. And here's Kane's response. I have my days now and then, but for the most part, not really. I've been keeping up with the team from afar, and I see they're struggling a little bit. I wouldn't say I saw that coming, but I feel like when you mess around with the chemistry of the team, things like this can happen. Analytics doesn't judge or measure the heart of a person or the chemistry of a team. Certain guys need a certain comfort level, and playing together, they complement each other. You go into the locker room saying, I'm comfortable today. I can talk to my buddies about anything, hang out, and relax. When you're always moving guys around, especially when you start with a certain group, you start to lose that. It can definitely affect the win and loss column for sure. I mean, and then McAlvey uh, talks to him about when the Brewers DFA'd him and how the Brewers wanted to make the separation as respectful as possible. Here's what Kane says about that. I mean, it is what it is. That's one of the reasons we kind of parted ways. I honestly feel like I never got that respect as a veteran, as a leader on this team from certain coaches and certain upper management. That's mostly why we parted ways when we did. I wasn't playing every day because I was struggling a little bit, and I was okay with that. This goes back to not only this year, but years and years. It's been three years where I felt this way. I think when you mess around with that, when you're supposed to be the leader of the team, the veteran in the clubhouse, and you don't get that respect you feel you should get as a leader and as a veteran, it makes it harder for me to lead and for others to lead as well. Ultimately, it shows up in a big way when you go out there and play on the field. I definitely think the boys can turn it around, but yeah, when you go through rough times, you need certain guys to keep going. When you get rid of certain guys, you start messing with the chemistry of the clubhouse. It affects everybody. It's happening right now. Hopefully they can turn it around because you can see it's been weird. Something's off for sure. So, not to beat a dead horse, we've talked about this really for the last month since the hater trade. Um, right. The Brewers have got a little bit of a problem, I think, because their players are looking at the organization with a very cautious eye right now. And I, I hope that, if nothing else, the Brewers – learn something from this entire debacle of a trade. Um, and for, I'm not talking about the on-field product. I know Hader struggled, and he's got his reasons for that. That's that's a different story. Uh, but I hope they learned that people, the, the, the players and the camaraderie and the togetherness matter just as much as whether or not a guy hits 280 with two strikes. I think to me that's the that's the most recognizable and loudest thing to come out of this is just because the comments from the players are like you can't you, no matter what you want to try to do or how you want to frame it about you know whether you want or don't think you're going to be able to re-sign this guy or whether you're going to uh, think you can get some pieces or whatever like the players just want things to happen where management thinks that, well, if we're looking ahead for foresight and we're, we don't want to lose out on somebody and get nothing, but maybe, you know, like a compensatory pick or somebody that's not going to see, you know, the majors until, you know, however many years down the road, if at all, the players, to me, what that screams is you just can't treat us like a deck of cards and deal away one when all together we have a pretty good hand. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like that, that to me is things that I think management, 
and it, you know, I think it comes in all sports is that, that managers and if depending on how good they are, they don't think that that sort of stuff can contribute to a winning team or a winning atmosphere is that sometimes they don't realize you can't just put a bunch of players together and just say, okay, go form one uh, team and gel and have good vibes with each other and juju and go do it like that. That's not something you can manufacture. That's something that has to be created over time. And if the locker room's good and it's a good culture and all that stuff. And once you start messing with that, it's hard to get that back. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, if you were, if you're a pro, if you're pro brewer on this whole thing, you're, you're loyal to the organization as a fan. You can take the position that a lot of Packer fans have taken over the last several years when we've heard guys that have left their organization chirp about their experience there. You can chalk it up to sour grapes. But, you know, for a long time, the Brewers, uh, and you would even hear the players talk about it, uh, it was a very family atmosphere organization, and guys really enjoyed being there and wanted to be there. You know, when you hear comments from, from Kane say, say, I didn't feel I was respected by some coaches in upper management, and it's been, and I felt this way for three years, well, what is, what, what's going on there? Like, you know, you're not respected by certain coaches. Council? Pat Murphy? I don't think you're probably worried about the pitching coach. Was it these right. two new hitting coaches? Like, what does that mean? And, and... You know the upper management. I think that's. I think that's directed at Stearns. I, I don't know who oh, else sure. it could be. Um, so I don't know. I, I think you know this is going to be regardless of what happens the rest of this year, whether they make the playoffs or don't. I don't think it really matters. Um, I think this is going to be a really really interesting off season for the Brewers. Number one is David Stearns here again next year. That's I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know that that's a certainty. Um, and if he is. Do they keep going about it the same way? Um, what happens with with some of these young guys like like Mitchell and Freilich um, and Weimer, this kind of trio of outfielders, you know that that's kind of knocking at the door. What do you do with those guys? Um, you know, some of your pitchers, you know, Woodruff's on the wrong side of thirty and is knocking at the door of getting paid, so. I don't know, man. It's um, it's an interesting time for the Brewers, and I just, I don't know. I, I feel like it all goes back to the fact that if you had traded Jace Peterson or Tyrone Taylor at the deadline, you know, like the, like they've done in the past, like last year they got Escobar, and you know, years ago they got Ray Durham, and you know, I get it. You're trying to win a title, you do stuff, but when you trade one of the three faces of your franchise and the guy who's been the best player in his position for the last four or five years, I mean, that's got to be pretty jarring. It just does. It's got to make you question what exactly you're playing for. So, Totally agree. Just find it interesting. These guys, you know, you keep sticking a microphone in these guys' faces and asking them about it, and I think the Brewers are getting some answers they don't like. Well, that's, that's stuff that they're going to have to own and figure out, like, like you said. Yeah. So, 
All right, you want to run through the uh, just a couple of NBA notes? Yeah, nothing, nothing major here. Um, Giannis continues to dominate in the Euro basket, um, putting up like thirty, ten, and five every game. Um, Greece is. <laughs> I think they've been. I think they're undefeated. They were undefeated going into today's game. Giannis did not play. Sat out with quote unquote knee soreness. Um, he says that you know there's no injury or anything. He just was being you know taking precaution, and I'm sure. I'm sure the Bucks are involved in any of those discussions as well with their training staff. But um, it looks like Greece will advance out of pool play and get into the medal round this week. And um, I'm hoping I can find some of those games somewhere to watch. I know I talked about it last week, but it'd be kind of fun to watch Giannis versus Jokic or Giannis versus Luka in, in one of these Euro games, you know. Have, haven't been able to find anything? No, nah, I mean, and I think they're on ESPN+, Plus, but I, I'm not I'm not paying for that, so... No, I I wouldn't either. And then the big uh, the big thing that happened in the NBA this week, uh, Utah traded Donovan Mitchell to Cleveland. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot um, about that. The Jazz get Lori Markinen, Ochai Abaji, who's a rookie out of Kansas, Colin Sexton, three unprotected first round picks, and two pick swaps. Um, so quite the haul for Donovan Mitchell. And uh, it, <laughs> I mean. You know our friend Joe Robinson. His his brother Paul works for the Cleveland Cavaliers, and immediately I sent a text to Joe, and I just said, "Wow, that's that really kind of sets them up to be the team of the future in the East, or or at least one of them with with Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, and Jared Allen. That's that's a nice group of you know under twenty five, twenty six year old guys to uh, to have on your roster, and you know Donovan Mitchell. I I don't know that he can be the best guy on a title team, but you know, you get into these seven-game series, and you have a couple of these shootout games, and you know you're playing Boston, and Tatum's going nuts. Well, at least you got a guy now in in Mitchell that can kind of match shot for shot. So that should be a fun team to watch. That the Bucks division now is you know with Cleveland coming up, and and the Bulls, I would imagine being pretty good again this year. And you know Detroit's got some. You know they got last year's number one pick and this year's number five pick in Jaden Ivey. So. It's not going to be quite the cakewalk in the central that the Bucks have had the last three or four years. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm still, I'm still hopeful, obviously, but um, I and and you can tell me better than than anybody. I, you know, it's, we're trying to re up our Bucks contract, and you know, with the radio station and and people keep you know trying to keep keep interest because there's not a whole lot of Bucks affiliates out there. But you know, they're a couple of years from winning a title and they still have one of the most exciting guys in the game. It's For like sure. that, that to me is a no brainer product to still put on the air. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're absolutely one of the four or five title contenders in basketball going into the yeah. season. So no question. So, all right. Um, now where do you want to go? Well, before we go to the local stuff, I just want to ask you quick, did you catch any of the Serena Williams stuff here this week? Did you watch any uh, of her matches? I wasn't able or? to did, just because I was doing so much football stuff, because um, I know you're, I, I know a you're bit. a tennis guy. So, yeah, no, I'm, and I, I was trying to pay attention to headlines as much as I could. It sounded like she was up on this girl before losing, and then, uh, and then finally getting out. I didn't see any of the highlights of her match or anything like that, or any sort of interview or tearful goodbye or anything like that. I didn't, I didn't catch any of that, but I've watched a little bit of the U.S. Open uh, sporadically over the last two days. Yeah, I'm not a big Serena fan. I mean, no? she, she's uh she's the greatest, probably the greatest women's player ever 
or on the short list if you want to argue it. Um, but just just a jerk. I just thought she was a jerk. I thought she was a poor, My... a poor loser and a not a very gracious winner. And, you know, when you're – I don't watch a ton of tennis, but I do like to check out the majors, and I've followed it off and on for several years. And, you know, when you look across the aisle at the men's side – and you've got two guys in Federer and Nadal who are, you know, either one of them is arguably the greatest player ever. And then you're also talking about, like, two of the most gracious, humble, classy guys, um, certainly over the last 15, 20 years and, and maybe ever, uh, you know, when you compare them to guys like McEnroe and Becker and stuff. But I don't know, Serena, it, it just was kind of all about her all the time. And I that just that doesn't do much for me. I appreciate the talent. It's kind of like LeBron. You're great. I get it, but I'm not going to shed a lot of tears and fawn all over you when when the end comes. I mean, I'm I'm of the position that it always stinks when you lose a player of that caliber. But I've never really gotten into the whole thing either. Like I take I take my mother's opinion pretty strongly when it comes to tennis because she was in the sport forever. She umpired at the U.S. Open. And she still pays attention to like how the players react on the court and, you know, in their dealings with the umpires and stuff like that. And she is not a very big fan because of, of, of Serena's rapport with the officials. Yeah, and she it's says been, it's very, it's, it's awful. very poor. It's, yeah. it's, it's awful. You know, everybody wants to talk about how she's this, you know, icon for little girls. And, and I get that in one way, but in another way, it's like, yeah, but she acts the way you wouldn't want a lot of girls to act. Correct. You know? Yeah, no, you you can be good and, and have talent and win championships, but the other part of that is how you act, you know how you deal with that sort of stuff and, and your your personality and and I think you probably hit it right on the head uh, with that's not the way you should want to carry yourself if you are whether you're as successful or not. Well, right, take your own kids, your own daughters. I mean, you would love if they had the the work ethic and dedication to be great at something that she has, but you would hope that if they're great at it, they weren't a jerk about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Correct. Whether it was tennis yeah. or, or teaching or being an architect, whatever. So that's yeah. all I got to say so about I'm, that. I'm, that's, I'm, that, that's the extent of tennis talk we'll ever have on the intentional file. So <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so how was your yeah, football so, weekend, man? Man, I, I really, really dropped the ball in the fact that when I go to some of these places for whitewater, I got to take more pictures Yeah, because I don't know how many times I'm going to get to these places and the the experience at St. John's for whitewater, we can, we can kind of wrap up with high school uh, here in a minute. The experience at St. John's was absolutely surreal. I don't know whether you've been there, you've traveled a lot for for your college career. Did you ever happen to stop by St. John's? Never did. All right. So Collegeville is in the, I mean, I'm not shitting you. It's in the middle of fucking nowhere. Um, you, you get off a highway, you take a left and you can see something in the distance. And I asked coach like, okay, this is a Catholic school. Is that a church or the stadium? Because at that point it could be 50, 50. (laughs) Um, and then all of a sudden, we're coming up to this little wooded area. We're seeing cars parked in a hayfield that's that's been you know um, that's been mowed and and harvested. And we see people start to walk on a on a street. It's like we're still 
way away from what I feel is civilization. And they're already parking way out on the outskirts of where we're going. Hmm. And then fi- finally we get into town, into this place and boom, there's the campus. Like there's no, there's no town. There's no infrastructure of, of city. Maybe we had to go farther, but boom, you're there. And there's a ton of buildings, a ton of wooded area. And then boom, all of a sudden there's a stadium. There's this huge, I would assume it's some sort of a church type building. I don't think it was, you know, some sort of an instruction hall or anything in the back. We didn't really go exploring, but man, do they have, they have a nice football facility. They have a giant field house. They have nice locker rooms. Um, they have a ton of parking, but I mean, there were people, what we got there really early. We timed it very poorly and we got there probably about two hours before we even had to sign on. Oh, wow. So yeah, you you guys went up, you guys drove up yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of other extraneous details I won't bore you with, but yes, we got we, we got there early. I hitched a ride back with the team uh, after the game. Um, but the, the the football facility itself was very very cool. Um, people are rabid for this stuff. There were tons of people. Tons of St. John's Fair. The Whitewater following was okay. Um, the press box, all in all, was excellent. The visiting radio suite was probably as bad of a high school equivalent as we've been in. I saw the picture that you posted. It looked like it was quite cramped for two large human beings like yourself and Coach O. It, that, that is an excellent way to describe it. It, <laughs> it felt like we were in Wanakee. Huh. And, want, and with the only added bonus was instead of having to look out the window and to our left to see the scoreboard, we could at least score see the scoreboard and, and the video replay monitor right in front of us so we didn't have to do a whole lot of jockeying is it was it worse than the crow's nest at madison west yes really well we had we could move up around there that's true like we could get up and walk around we couldn't even do that it was i'm not shitting you smaller than a jail cell and i've not been in a jail cell (laughs) but i know when they say it's eight by eight or ten by ten whatever it is it wasn't that big wow i mean it was it was very, very cramped. Um, we were able to do stuff. The the old, the media room and whatever, they were very gracious. They had, you know, some food and, and everything laid out. And it's very nice being able to do these games and not keep your own statistics so you can just pay attention to the oh, game yeah. itself. And that and that made it a lot easier to call. God, I wish we had you know, that for more, basketball. That would be fantastic. Exactly. And that's something that Coach and I experienced when we go do a, the high school championship game for division five, which we've done the last couple of years at camp Randall, there's a live stats monitor right in front of you where you don't have to do anything. You can just concentrate on, on numbers and names and call in the game, which they have a live stats feed and they bring you a printout after every quarter. It's very, very nice. Um, you know, but I had all the depth charts and all that stuff. So everything, everything was really good. The game itself, Whitewater handed it to them. I mean, they absolutely, Absolutely handed it to them. There, there were two safeties. One was on a bad snap over the head of the quarterback. One was through the punter's legs that they both dove on in the end zone. Um, Whitewater gave it away on, I think, on the 28-yard line of St. John's. They needed like two plays to score. The defense did they did what they could to hold up, but the offense, too many special teams, too many miscues. There was a fumbled punt uh, as well for for Whitewater, which which went St. John's way. 
St. John's wasn't particularly impressive. Their tight end, I think, had eight catches. They For some reason, they couldn't cover him. I'll be interested to see if I can talk to Coach Bullis about that this week. But um, I, I'm not saying Whitewater is not going to be good, but they did so many things wrong where I think they walked out knowing that they were probably the better team, even though they lost. Mm, that's tough. It is. So and now they don't get a break because Mary Harden Baylor, the number one team in the country and the defending champions, are coming to Perkins Stadium on Saturday. Yeah. Yeesh. Well, so. you, you you find out kind of real quick where you stand, at least. I mean, heading into the conference season, you know, well, how, how good you thought, are. And I thought the message that's been talked about since the start of camp was probably a good one looking in the face of the schedule. Um, you know, normally say people at you know, Whitewater that has won so many and has ranked fourth in the country to start, they kind of, I'm not sure scaled back is the right phrase, but the fact that they say we want to win the conference championship means that you don't have to necessarily go out and blow people's doors off of these non-conference games. You just want to make sure you win your own right. and you beat all these other state schools. Yep. So I don't, the, the, the players and coach didn't seem particularly devastated when they were riding home, um, they weren't, you know, it wasn't a raucous crowd or whatever. You know, it was pretty quiet, but there was, it just didn't seem like the world was over. I wonder, put it that way. I wonder if they snuck booze on the back of the bus like we used to. You know, I sat up in the front and I walked <laughs> back because I had to use the restroom. Um, and I kept an eye out because of the stories that you've told me. I didn't see anything like that, but we always used know, to, yeah, we'd get a bottle of booze, and then after the game, we'd send like one of the managers to go to the vending machine to just buy a bunch of bottles of Coke, and yeah, then, you and then know, mix you, them you, in. Yeah, you yeah. slug the top half of the Coke and pour in the booze. Oh yeah, good times. No, but, I mean, I shouldn't be telling now, that on the air, but I think the statute no, of limitations is passed. Oh no, I think you're fine on that. Yeah. Uh, but you know, nowadays everybody's got their pads and their phones and their wireless headphones, so they're all watching college football. Sure, sure. You know, very, sol- we, we, very solitary uh, bus yes. rides compared to what we very, used to do. very much. Yeah, a lot of oh man, or like oh geez, you know, when when there's a big play and you know stuff like that. But sure. other than that, it was it was it was a pretty solemn ride back, but not not the end of the world. So. So who you got for high school this week? Well, what'd you have last week and who you got this week? Well, it was really maddening because Jamesville Parker, I thought, was going to hand Madison Memorial a pretty impressive loss. Parker got up 10 nothing. They just dominated for the first quarter plus. And then um, I, I can't remember the exact play that happened late in the first half. But they turned the ball over deep in their own territory, and Madison Memorial scored going into the uh, halftime, and then they got the ball back and they scored again, and they never relinquished the lead. So it was kind of one of those things where it kind of changed the entire complexion of the game. Parker, I thought, honestly had the better team. Um, uh, Caden Brandenburg was was excellent. Paul Kim was great. J.J. Douglas had a fumble out of the wildcat position. Um, there, there were a couple of different miscues from Parker, but it, it, it also was one of those teams where, you know, I thought that Parker should have won the game. Madison Memorial did not impress me uh, that much at all. And to me, that was a really, really tough one to take for Parker to open up the big eight season because with sports had them pick six in the big eight 
um, at the end of the season. And I thought that maybe if you if you get one against Middleton, Verona, or um, uh, or, or Madison Memorial, and then you take care of business with uh, the Madison schools, and then maybe Craig Parker could be you have a good shot to have a winning record in the playoffs. So the fact that they let that one get away to me, and I'm, you know, I'm sure coach Krieger probably thought about it more so than he uh, expounded on it. Um, probably thought that that was definitely one that they should have had, but you know, like anything, he said, it's the first big eight game. They got a long season and now they got a bone up for Craig. So, well, and, and um, I was, I was listening uh, to the game the other night and I can't, I can't remember. I think JJ scored a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And uh, brought him within one, and they missed the extra point. Yes, and it was just kind of like, oh man, like you 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 clawed back into it. You got a chance to tie the game, put some pressure on Memorial at home, and you missed that. Just kind of kind of deflated a, the momentum that they had. Very much so. Um, Craig, we kept up to date. They had a scoreless first quarter against Madison West that kind of had everybody in the press box when I said that. Going, man, are you kidding me? And then I think they scored 34 points or 35 points in two and a half quarter in uh, one and a half quarters. So they had a running clock by the end of the game, and they they clobbered Madison West. But Got you know that seems that seems going to go as far as Shafter goes. You know runs and throws. Um, you know they got a couple of good wideouts. Shook is the fullback who's just an absolute battering ram. I think this is going to be a really good Parker Craig game. Honestly, I think there's there's strengths on both sides of the ball. Uh, I think it'll be competitive. Parker, this is its first home game. They had to start out with three on the road, even though Craig, it's, I mean, it's, let's be honest, it's a home game for them, too. They get the good um, side. They get the good stands, though. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That, 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 yes. So uh, I'm looking forward to this to be very, very competitive. And honestly, I'm not, I'm not, if I had to guess, I think probably Parker would have the, have the advantage, um, I would say, but. You know, Craig Parker's defense has played really, really well so far uh, this year, and uh, Craig's defense is—they're kind of doing some things with with a new three-five-three um, that has been employed by Sun Prairie a lot, most notably. So they're trying some new experimentation on the defensive side of the ball. I'll be curious to see how Parker attacks that and how they can how they can keep Shafter and the and the run uh, pass option offense. Um, Douglas only had one catch. Parker last week they ran him out of the wildcat a little bit more but a lot of teams are starting to double him and bracket him a little bit more well so you got to depend on your other guys yep. to get open and and Novak to get him the ball and you got to be creative in ways to get him the ball with like you said right. some wildcats some reverses whatever right because they're right now they're they're not doing you know they they tried to throw it to him a little bit but they had they had single and double coverage real tight um so somewhere somebody else is going to be open you know you got to you got to maintain your checkdowns and look for stuff. So I'm really, really, really excited to see this Parker Craig game and see whether it it can be a good battle for the Monterey Rock and you know a close game. Well, hopefully, you know, for you know, we're 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 Craig guys. Hopefully, the Cougars come out on top, so there's no seniors riding the bus ride home crying like you did. Thank you for that. <laughs> hey, you you bring it up more than I do. I was not one of the ones that um, the only time that I was tearful was at the end of my career when I had a fractured kneecap and that's how my that's how my senior year ended against Rockford Auburn having to go get an MRI the next day. I thought you cried out of relief of being done with Thorpe, but 
live. I'm not saying any of this on the record. You are not going to. We're 40. Not I'm gonna... 41 years old. What do I care? <laughs> Give a shit. So, yeah, Parker Craig this week and then Whitewater on Saturday against Mary Harden Baylor. They're hoping to oh, cram couple up fun to 20,000 people in that stadium. So wow. I, I don't know how that's going to happen, but I, I imagine it's just going to be an absolute madhouse in Whitewater. Well, enjoy it, man. You got two fun ones this weekend. That's cool. I'll be listening. Yes, I'm. 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 I'm very excited. So hopefully, hopefully, coach can test negative by the end of the by the end of the week and and get back on straight and narrow. We can do a couple of games. All right. You got anything else? I have nothing else. Nothing else. No. What What did What did Coach Suter always used to say? Comments, questions, rude remarks. Nothing. <laughs> No, that's all. That's all I got. I mean, we didn't even touch on college football. There was an no Jesus cr- crazy ending last night with uh, LSU and um. Oh God, I can't even remember who they Florida played State. now. But it, Florida State, Florida State. Yeah. Oh geez, came and scored with one second left, and then the extra point was blocked. It was absolutely unbelievable. They went ninety-nine yards to score, and then had the extra point blocked. It was in. Sanity. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. And the oh Badgers and the Badgers throttled Illinois State like we knew. No. Yeah. Had some record record setting plays and uh on yep. to the next one. Hundred yard interception. Now Washington State comes in and I think Wisconsin's already listed as a seventeen point favorite or something like that. So non conference schedule. I mean Minnesota beat New Mexico State thirty eight nothing and the Badgers have them in two weeks. Well, and Iowa had a field goal and two two safeties oh against my God. the powerhouse South Dakota State at home. So what, what kind of a baseball score was uh, that? That's ridiculous. Embarrassing. Yes. So that's all that, that that's all I got, my man. All right, brother. Well, stay healthy. Yep. Gonna keep testing. I feel like again, feel like an NFL player going to the stadium in twenty twenty. We'll see how We'll see how the positive-negative train ends up tomorrow. All right, man. All right, well, I guess that wraps it up for this week. And uh, as usual, I'm Dan. I'm Josh. Enjoy week one of the NFL season. And we'll catch you down the road. Go Bears! Bear down, baby.